Welcome back to Paid Truth. Today I got DJ Chucky on the show. What's up, Chucky? How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Despite these crazy times, I'm good. You're in Amsterdam right now? I'm in Amsterdam right now. It's uh, yeah, it's kind of late. Okay. And I'm, what I'm are you like doing out there? Of you. I'm like nine hours ahead of you. What are you doing out there? So I got a house in Amsterdam. I got a house in Aruba. And for the you know for the whole Corona crisis, I just decided to stay in Amsterdam. Oh, okay. So you're there. You're there just for personal. You're not even there for working. Uh, no, not really. But I try to stay busy, you know. So I've been setting up uh, live streams lately. Okay. Uh, you know, like I think about two months ago, I didn't know anything about streaming, live streaming, because I didn't felt like streaming, you know. Because uh, I'm I'm used to getting paid for my for my work, and now you know I have to find different ways of still getting paid. So I started to stream and i basically build a platform for uh sponsors to join in and yeah still get paid in a certain way what's that is there the name of the stream is there a specific name so i i do i do chucky and friends it's basically my live stream um i broadcast multi-broadcast on like zoom but also like twitch youtube facebook and instagram okay so i got like i got like a whole setup and it's very interactive because um you know because of zoom I, I, it's basically like being part of the whole event, which is really cool. So I'm really happy with what I'm doing. And like I said, you know, it's basically to keep myself busy. Yeah, I haven't Zoomed yet. I've, I've been like FaceTiming up to like four people, but I haven't done the Zoom thing yet. And I just learned the StreamYard too, like a couple of weeks ago. I've never streamed ever. I've never done anything technical ever. <laughs> so well, this is go. a lot for me. You were born and raised in the Netherlands, correct? No, I was born and raised in Suriname. It's a small country in the north of south america that's I like uh, <laughs> two countries next to venezuela right above brazil um and then we moved to holland i moved to holland at the age of seven wow and basically, yeah basically race here what's the name of the country sura suriname suriname okay because it said you were surinamese and i was like what is yeah, that suriname. i've never heard of that so it's a lat is it latin or portuguese it's it's basically the the, the only non-Latin country in, in South America. Okay. Um, it used to be it, it used to be a Dutch colony. Gotcha. So okay. That's why well, you know we have the connection with the Netherlands. Is that where the Dutch comes from? Like uh, all basically, yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so growing up, so then when did you move to the states? I actually never moved to the states, but I've been in the states so much that. Uh, like I, I even started to believe I live in the States. I was, I was planning to move to the States, uh, like, like six years ago, but then I chose Aruba. Oh, nice. Aruba, Jamaica. Exactly. Cause it's like a two hour flight from Aruba to, to Miami, you know? So for me, it's like basically living in the States. I do have a company set up in the States. Yeah. So when, when was the first, you know, part of your life where you thought or that you realized your ears loved music? Like that you were like, okay, this beat sounds cool. Like when did you even start getting into thinking about anything along the lines of what you're doing now? Well, that's kind of crazy because my best friend used to be a DJ. He used to DJ at all these birthday parties and school school events. And I helped him set up his equipment when I was like 15. So that's a long time ago. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, all of a sudden, before I knew it, I was like, oh, wow, this shit is cool, you know? I definitely want to try it myself. So I gathered like equipment from all over the place, old records I could find for my friends and family or in the basement. 
basically assembled like some form of a setup and started practicing. Uh, that was at the age of 15. And obviously 26 years later, I'm, um, I'm DJing. I was DJing worldwide, I was going to say. Uh, but it's, it's crazy because I, I never thought about, I, I, like I dreamed of a DJ career, but I never thought that DJing could take me all over the world, you know? And you had no examples of DJs traveling the world for a start, you know? So that was, that was kind of crazy. Uh, and that I, for example, my first time I went to the States, it was in, I went to the States for a gig was like 2008, 2009. I didn't even have a permit yet back then. Yeah. And uh, my friend invited me because I had a big record, uh, let the bass kick. My, I'm in Miami, bitch. And my friend invited me uh, to come to Vegas, of all places. I'm just, I'm just going to get you like a sneaky gig, you know. So we did Dre's, like, After Hours video with Lil John, And, like, we literally, like, I almost want to say we wrote history that night because it was crazy. After Hours never were this crazy. And we basically turned the whole place upside down and uh Apparently, the whole industry heard about it, and that's how I got offered my first residency in Vegas with uh, the Tau Group. So when they opened up Marquee, I, I was basically the first DJ to open up that place. That's back in 2009, 2010. Oh, okay. So you were the first DJ at Marquee? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I, did, I did a grand opening. I did the opening of Omnia. Jesus. And, um, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy. And, like, those kind of moments, I definitely realized, like, oh, shit, you know, you... You know, you, I, I could have never thought that my, my, my craft or my hobby would take me that far. And I had a couple of those moments in my life. Like the first time I did, um, I did my own show for like 5,000 people and people came specifically to see me, you know, those kind of moments were like, oh, okay. You know, you, uh, you accomplished something. Wait, your first show was 5,000 people? My first big show for me, like, I, I mean, I did multiple parties, but my first own event which was a dirty Dutch event, was for like 5,000 people, you know? And then like three, four years later, I did a dirty Dutch event for 30,000 people. You know, those were definitely moments I was like, okay, that's crazy. Right, because you have the whole crowd just staring at you. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like even, even, even my first international gig was like, okay, they are really paying me <laughs> for, to get on a plane and to party with them and I'm still getting paid? <laughs> what was your first gig or yeah, where did you start? What was your equipment? Like, were you just like hanging out on like a little, cause it's like the older days, you know, like did yeah, they so, have the equipment? So basically I, you know, one of my friends was DJing at this club right here in Holland. And you know, he's like, yo, it was a Thursday night and he's like, yo, come hang out with me. You know, I'm going to give you like a little, little slot to play and hopefully the owner likes you. So, you know, he gave me like a little 30 minute slot and then, you know, after my set, the, the owner of the club came like, yo, I love what you, I love your set. You know, I want you to come play for me on Saturday. And I'm like, I, you know, I do want, he's like, just come play for a couple of hours. And I'm like, I do want to play for you a couple of hours. But to be honest, I don't have enough records and I don't have the money to buy enough records, you know? So the guy was like, yo, here's, here's a thousand dollar, buy some records and come play for me on Saturday, you know? And whenever you can, just pay me back. So. You know, unfortunately, I couldn't. I was never able to pay the guy back because you know he passed away. But I will never forget that moment. Like the little things, um, you know, that that people give you the opportunity to to to, you know, to 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 grow. And um, I that's I think that's why I was always very 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 keen on 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 giving other people chances. You know, that's like a chance. That's why everything I do is like 
built in a platform kind of way. Like even when I set up my own Dirty Dutch label, I was always like, you know what? I want to give people a chance. Okay. Like that, same, that same chance somebody right. gave me. Because you just yeah. need that one opportunity. That one opportunity you know? is all you, yeah. And, and some people run away with it and some people don't even see the opportunity. And some people, that's why I say, you know, I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And if you don't take advantage of it, that's on you. So tell me about the Dirty Dutch label. How did you come up with it? What, what it's just a record label or is it like a? Uh, yeah, so the way I started, um, so, so I was doing all these gigs for all these promoters and I felt like, you know, they would, they would always give like specific guidelines. Like, yo, like, yo, you got to play so-and-so style. You got to play this. And, you know, I was able to do like either hip hop events or electronic music events. And for this gig, they would book me for electronic music set. And for the other gig, it would be hip hop, but it was never like a big melting pot of different genres, you know? And I'm like, you know what? I do want to play like, like an old, more open format set when I do my own shows. Right. But nobody was offering me those platforms. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this shit myself. I'm basically, I'm basically going to, you know, create this platform where I'm able to play whatever the fuck I want to play. So I started Dirty Dutch, which would refer to, let's say Dirty would refer to more like the sound of the streets. So I established Dirty Dutch in like 2002, I want to say. And, you know, I started small events, doing like small club tours with my with my with my brand and then, you know, build it, build it to a point where my big show was for like 5000 people. And that's when I knew like, hey, I'm onto something. And I started building it and went bigger and bigger. And the same at a certain point, I was I was getting like between 20,000 and 30,000 people at my events. That's when I knew like I was really onto something, but it was still a local brand. And, you know luckily for me is that i i started to create music which would totally fit my brand and then that music got picked up international and people automatically branded it like yo that sound that particular sound is dirty dutch and then you know obviously it kicked in the door for like a lot of local djs from the netherlands and you know a lot of them they ran away with it and and you know made a name for themselves so the dirty house genre that's just what is that hip-hop or is that it's, uh, it's, it's more like, so it, it's, it was so the whole idea was like hard pounding beats like very rebellious you know very like loud almost like a like a hip-hop feel to it like i would use like a lot of hip-hop vocals or hip-hop drums you know just to make it different and to show to to basically broadcast that i'm like like displaying that you know i come from hip-hop okay you know and, and and my, my luck, I guess, was that when I created that sound, there was nothing out there yet. Automatically, people were like, Yo, you know, you could definitely recognize this stuff. Like, oh, that's Dirty Dutch. So you um, always, you like, so you were always kind of DJing hip hop when you were younger? Or were you always, were you doing EDM too? Um, No, but because back then there was no such thing as EDM. But I was, I was playing, like I was buying electronic music records. You know what I'm saying? Uh, okay. I, just, I, just, I just gave it my own twist because uh, the moment I started producing, I was like, okay, so now I'm able to, to produce whatever I'm hearing and whatever I think my dance floor needs. So I started, you know, to use different sounds from, you know, uh, just different from anybody, anything that was out back then, you know. My early records I would buy would be definitely, you know, something from the New York scene or the Detroit or Chicago scene. 
Um, so, you know, the, uh, of course, the four to the floor beats, but I always gave it my own twist. What would you say are the top three songs that contributed to people knowing who Chucky is? I'm going to tell you the three that I know. Let Go the ahead. Bass Kick, What Happens in Vegas, and Breaking Up. Breaking Up is like one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. Ah, Breaking, ah. Up funny because Breaking Up was basically the first record I did when I just moved to Aruba. And I remember I, I had I had the guys from Glow in the Dark visiting my, my house in Aruba and I had like a little room set up, like a little studio set up in one of the rooms. And we started working on, on some stuff. And I remember back then, you know, uh, Avicii was on the rise. And I'm like, yeah, man, I, I definitely feel those piano breaks. And I'm like, I need to I need to fuck with that shit too. So we made like a break and then I'm not, Amanda Wilson came up with an amazing hook. So hold on one second. So we, so, so we, um, yeah, we knocked that record out in like one night, one session. Oh, nice. Definitely cool. And then obviously the drop was very dirty Dutch-ish. Uh, but yeah, so I want to say let like, the bass kick. I want to say Mumba. And Mumba is basically the record that started the, the whole Mumbaton genre. One of the most important records as well would be definitely the, the remix I did for David Guetta and Akon called Sexy Bitch. Yeah. Uh, and, and that record, that specific record, that remix... Uh, I wanted to do something different. Um, so basically, it, it was one of the first, I think the first house or electronic music remix that had like a hip-hop MC on top of it because I called Lil John, and that was when I had the session with Lil John in Vegas. I'm like, yo, you know, I'm doing this re remix with David Guetta, um, and I want you to, you know, to be like a hype man on the record. Like a fat and a scoop kind of thing, but then in a little genre. Obviously, he was already doing those kind of chants on on hip hop records. I'm like, yo, but I want you to do it on the electronic music record. Record, you know? He's like, okay, you're weird flex, but okay, let's do it. So <laughs> we, but we we recorded a bunch of stuff, and then you know that that remix came out, and that remix also had that heavy, dirty Dutch sound, you know. And then you of of course hip hop feel to it with like a hip-hop mc on top of it yeah, yeah and then he was always after that i mean he was always at murmur like i never saw it that way but he's like yo chuck you know I, I always gotta give you that credit that you you basically brought me into ele electronic music or into edm because you know i never thought that my voice would fit over these beats and i'm like dude that shit fits perfectly Wow, that's crazy though that you like gave little John this opportunity to grow too. Yeah, he sees <laughs> you know? it. Yeah, he, he sees it that way. I'm like, I was never like that, you know. Um, <laughs> so it, yeah, it's crazy. I know you said you did that song in one night, but how long does it usually take you to actually like do a whole new set? Or sometimes it's in like an hour. Sometimes it takes me like a week. Depends on my inspiration, you know. Uh, but uh, when I have a specific sound in mind. Yeah, it's like an hour. The first setup would be like an hour, and then the record would be finished and finalized into the details, like in two days or something. So, are you yeah. like with with DJing? It's just you're taking your are you taking are you making your own beats and stuff, and then putting it the sound yeah, so, together. Yeah. So, so what I basically so my DJ sets. So I kind of I kind of I kind of see it different. You know, like I became a DJ to entertain the crowd, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, when I DJ, it's not I'm not I'm not there to display just my own songs. You know, I'm there to play the right song at the right time. Okay. And I tend to squeeze in my own tracks, like you know. So first of all, I want 
I always wanted people to know Chucky as like a party rocker, you know? Like somebody like Chucky would come on, okay, you know, the party's about to start. We're about, yeah, We're you know, about to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So so you're going to get all the songs you want to hear at that particular moment. And then, you know, like when I started producing, I was like, okay, so so what can I add to my set that would, you know, be, would totally be me, but then, you know, would definitely have people going like, whoa, what the fuck is this, you know? Right. So, like, how could I squeeze in my own identity more into the sets? And that's how I started to to to, to mess around with different sounds, and you know, started with mashups and started to do my own drum patterns and stuff. Uh, that's how I started to produce. But for me, DJing was always like, you know, I will play the right record at the right time. That was my main goal, and still is. Like, I don't do a set unless they ask me to. I don't do a set with just my records, you know, because it could be that, I don't know, Kelvin Harris just had, has that big hit at that very moment. So I drop it and I, I might flip it into some of my own like stuff, like my own drop. But, you know, I definitely want to capture that moment like where everybody would sing along together and, you know, people would go home saying like, yeah, so for me, you know, obviously, Throughout the years, the whole the whole way of people looking at a DJ changed. But for me, you know, it's always important to 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 rock the dance floor and and you know make people enjoy and forget about their daily you know problems. Yeah, and the shit. daily bullshit. Yeah, exactly. You know, so so. But then you know, obviously, people started to buy tickets to hear that particular song from that particular DJ, which. I'm I'm quite 50-50 on, you know, because I like I enjoy playing other DJs music. And they don't mind like you can you're open to play anybody's music or Yeah, if I like the song, like I'm open to play I'm also open to play fun songs, you know. So like especially especially when you when you play in Vegas or even in AC, you know. People fly in from all over the world. They could be flying in from Japan and from Mexico and from Europe. And, uh, you know, they're there for like a couple of days just to lose their mind in Vegas. So I'm not I'm not just going to be there displaying. Yeah, this is a Chucky set. I'm there to to make sure because, you know, in Vegas we get we got. Yeah, we get paid well. So, you know, I'm there to do my job. You have like favorite um, DJs that you like to play during your set. Like, do you have a top three that you like to play? No, or is it know, I do like my, my top genres. Like, no, the one thing I want to say is I in. Like a lot of DJs always complain, like ah, I don't like to play in Vegas because I can't really play what I like. I'm like, yeah, then you should have, you should have not taken that gig in the first place. You know, I'm there. Like for me, the challenge is to 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 rock the crowd with as many genres as possible when I play in okay. Vegas. You know, that's where. So I could like I wouldn't play a pop song that I I personally don't like, but I would like if I like a Britney Spears record, I like a Britney Spears record, and I will try to flip it in my own way and. But if I don't like a pop record, I don't care how popular it is. I won't. I won't play it. My 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 musical taste is so it's it's so wide. Like anything, you know. I could I I definitely appreciate a lot of different genres. That's good. You have to be diverse, especially in the. No, I, I don't want to say you have to be diverse because if you play in a techno party, and no way you're gonna play it just. Well, I mean, I feel like you get more respect if you're diverse. You know what I mean? And like that's what people want. They want a little bit of everything, kind of. And if you can twist it into people hearing, like there's a song I forget what song it was, um, but it, it's like a song you would never expect to be in like an EDM. Well, that's, that's they where put it in, and it just sounded hot as hell. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's where I find a challenge because sometimes I do like a song, 
but I just don't like the structure of the song to to play it in my set. So I would definitely flip it and make it more workable for my sets, you know. And especially in Vegas, I don't even know how many times I just took a song and just flipped it just to make sure that it has a Chucky touch. The Chucky touch. So can you tell me where did you get the name Chucky? Because your name's Clyde, right? Yeah. So where did right. you get the name Chucky? Was it just a nickname? Uh, I used to be a savage when I was young. And, I, you know, my friends used to call me Chucky. I used to be, like, really short for my age. And, <laughs> oh, like uh, like Chucky, like, like, the, um, like, Chucky the like the killer doll? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> Chucky the doll, you know? And, uh, and yeah, I used to be a savage, so my friends would, you know, call me Chucky. And I just... Gotcha. So what would you say is your uh, favorite like, festival or arena that you've played so far in your career? I have a top five. I would say Tomorrowland, EDC, especially EDC Vegas, Sensation in Amsterdam, basically Sensation White is an event for like 40,000 people dressed in white in, a, in like a soccer arena. Um... Mystery Land in Holland. Mystery Land is basically the older brother of Tomorrowland. Um, how many people attend these? Like, what's 75, the matter? 75,000 or something. Okay. Like that. But, but you know what? It's not even about the bigger the better for me. Because, like, I had some, I have some memorable, like, small ass club shows I did. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you know, those mean way more to me than any festival. Like, like I said, you know, my first time I played in Vegas, I played like in the back room of Dre's and I had the whole place jumping. Like Yeah, really the cool. after hours was always fun. <laughs> and I never witnessed, like after that, I never witnessed anything like it. Like people were literally throwing money in the, into the DJ booth. Like, I, and I, it was so funny because I picked up the money. I'm like, yo, what am I supposed to do with this? The guy goes, yo, yo man, it's, it's, it's the way people appreciate you. And I remember it was, it was like almost $4,000. Wow. That was crazy. I'm like, what? People do this in America? I gotta play him more often. <laughs> yeah. So, what country do you feel like supports you the most? Is there a specific one that you get so much love from? You're like, I can't wait to go back there. I have like, it's crazy. Like the top five cities that's like I get the most streams from, or you know, support from would definitely be New York, um, Los Angeles, Mexico City, uh, Venezuela. Crazy. Uh, like Caracas, I have so many people from from that from that place just always been supporting me. I guess my sound just literally fits there like really well. My first show in Caracas was like five thousand people as well. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? And they treated me like I was Michael Jackson, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, but yeah, but but tour wise, I must say, you know, like there's nothing like the USA. Like I had amazing times in places like brazil and argentina but but uh the thing the thing i like about the states is it's so diverse like i play a totally different set in new york than i play in vegas or la okay. or miami you know uh um yeah that's that it's so definitely the states i mean i remember the first time i saw you was at hq and you see but that's what i'm talking about you know those okay. like those days like there's no festival that could def could compete with those days for me personally. Did like, you like we, um, beach club or nightclub better? Kind of both, but the, <laughs> but the beach club would set the tone, you know. I had, right. Like I, I feel like we kind of wrote history 
You it know? was great. I mean, that was especially in Atlantic City because there's not much there. There's not much left. Uh, Rebel was huge. I opened Rebel, so um, yeah, I, was, I was working at the pool and stuff. But you know, it was a nice casino, but it was just in a shitty area. And the fact that I you felt, could get I, all I these felt. people, like it was yeah. packed all the time. Like, and I felt that that city needed that kind of love. So I was always like, "Yo, whenever you guys want to book me, I'm open." You know, I, I don't care if if the fee is whatever it is. I'm there. I'm, I know you guys you just had, had a shitty, you know, because I think the hurricane hit and stuff like that. And, and yeah, like, it's uh, not like and it the used to be. wasn't really popping. So I would I would take the gig in AC and would call like all my New York friends, even like including all the big big spenders. Like, yo, guys, you got to come support in AC. You know, I promise it's going to be crazy. The hotel isn't even expensive. Just book a room, get there for the day party. Get right. fucked up and we party at night again, you know. Those were the best <laughs> times. But that's what I mean. Like those kind of shows, you know, they, they mean way more to me than than any big festival because of the big numbers. You know what I'm saying? Because right. we definitely we definitely were part of changing nightlife at that very moment. Yeah, and it was just I mean, it was so hype. We would go in, we would you know, fucking those were the Molly days. So everybody's just rolling their face off, listening to Chucky. And you know, funny enough, fun fact, <laughs> I, I never took drugs. I never did like X, never eat nothing. Never Have you ever smoke at all? I, I used to smoke weed. I used to be, oh, I used to be a stoner. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely and a stoner. The, part, the moment I stopped smoking, my career just went up. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So um, I remember this one time. So you were at the nightclub. And you had finished your set, I guess. You were walking across the floor, the casino floor at Ocean. Well, it's now Was Ocean. I walking or crawling? Well, no, you were walking. You were drunk, I guess. But um, I was walking with my girl. You always my, drunk, <laughs> my, But you wait, do you drink? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were completely sober. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so um, I remember I was with my girl at the time, and she was obsessed with you. Like, I only knew, like, I only went to the show because she's like, Chucky's here. And I'm like, okay, let's go. And I'm like, this shit's hot, you know, because yeah. I thought it was all EDM at first. I didn't realize that you had that twist on it. So then once yeah. I heard that, I was like, hooked. I'm like, all right, this guy's fucking great. So uh, we were on the casino floor, and you walk by, and you see me. And you stop and you're like, hey, and you come and give me a kiss on the cheek. And then you kept walking. And she's like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? You just got Chuck. Chucky just kissed you. She's like, why didn't you ask to go to his room? I'm like, I'm not thirsty. What do you mean? I don't even. <laughs> no, it was more. I think I, I was definitely fucked up. But I would, I would never. I would never, I would never do that. Like, yo, guys, come to my room unless we were like with a group to party. You know? Yeah, but it was funny because that's how I remember it. I was like, um, yeah, <laughs> she was so like, mad. I, I, I always, it's funny. Like when, when we, I think, I guess we all like when you drink, you feel like you know, you feel the love. <laughs> yeah, I get basically. When my career started to just let's say blow up, France was also one of the first countries to really embrace me because I did a remix for David Guerra, I did a remix for Bob Sinclair, you know, and, and those French radio station, the radio station would heavily support my remixes and my original work. And I remember one of the first thing, and I think it was Kiss, Friends or something, something like that. Anyway, they invited me and I did this, this is back in 2008, I did this set in, in the Virgin Megastore in Paris. Uh, it, again, it was one of those moments that definitely 
helped my career just blow up because back then going viral was a unique thing, you know? Right. And I remember I did a set for the radio and it was also, you could also see the video and I was just going wild, you know, doing all kinds of crazy shit behind the booth. And people would be like, oh, yo, yo, this, this guy is crazy. And I think, I think it was, I think it was that particular radio station. Uh, that's why they, they, I think. Oh, okay. So what's, so Dirty Dutch Radio, what's that? So Dirty Dutch Radio, again, was, you know, when I started my platform and I got the opportunity to go international, um, they offered me to do uh, my own Dirty Dutch Radio show in 45 countries. And I'm like, hell yeah, if I get a chance to display in my, 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 my sound and the people I want to support, you know, I'll take this opportunity. So I did about 250 shows. And basically, I would never play the big tunes, like the big songs. I would always play that one song that, you know, from this one unknown producer. And I would find like 15 songs. I would do it on a weekly basis and play only like the newest shit. And that's yeah. through like a stream or is it on? No, it was like broadcasting on, on, on like electronic music radio stations all the countries, yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. So yeah, does but it still yeah, happen or no? The thing was, the thing for me was, it was so hard to combine with tour life. So I did like, I did like 45, I did like, four, uh, I did like 250 shows. And at a certain point, I had to make decisions. And those were things that I really think about now. Like, yeah, man, um, you know, was it the right decision or not? And uh, one of the hardest decisions was to, to, to quit doing a radio because I simply couldn't combine it with studio work and traveling and, you know. Yeah, it's a lot. And then because the one thing about radio is you got to be consistent. And I couldn't be that consistent, you know. So I'm like, nah, never okay. mind. Well, 250 shows, which is 250 weeks. And I'm, I'm done with it. Yeah, that's a lot. What yeah. would you say is the hardest um, obstacle that you had to overcome in the industry? Oh, I think... Um, uh, you know, um, people were like very prejudged, you know, like, okay, here's this guy. Oh, oh, I didn't know he's playing electronic music. He shows up with like baggy pants and, uh, you know, snapbacks and hoodies. Like, you know, a lot of times I would show up at a place like, oh, oh, you're Chucky? Like, and I had to learn how to deal with that kind of stuff. Like, it's it, it's very relevant, this topic right now, you know? And right. uh, I feel it as well. Like, I, I've been there many times. Like people are like, okay, okay, what are you gonna go do? I'm just here to play my set. Oh, okay, you know, even even like when I started doing VIP clubs, like right now it's way more acceptable. But like when VIP clubs started growing and growing in the beginning, everybody would be like dressing up, wearing a shirt, and I would show up like looking like this, you know. And even the bouncer would be like, okay, uh, are you at the right? Sure, you're at the right spot. <laughs> yeah, you know? I had, I had, yeah, I had those things many times. Uh, I even witnessed many times that, you know, people would prefer, let's say, somebody else because I look the way I look. Wow. Which, which, and I had, I definitely experienced that in Holland uh, way back because uh, there was a big difference between playing at a hip hop club or playing at an electronic music club. Mm -hmm. You know, me showing with my eight best friends in a car, everybody looking like me. Uh, at an electronic music event, you know, there would be many times people be like, okay, what are you doing here? You know, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. You feel like you're crazy. more accepted. Like, we, like, yeah, they would also like, if I would do like a more hip hop kind of show, they would offer us the shittiest night at the shittiest clubs, you know, uh, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the great 
clubs would be like all electronic music. And I was always a guy trying to fight, you know, trying to get like a more open format into these nice clubs, you know? Do you but feel like that, you still that, have those issues now or has it, is it just not exist for you now that you're who you are? It exists. Yeah. Way less. It's still there, but not as much as it used to be, but I definitely, I had, I had big, like I was trying, like I would try to book a club and like, okay, so what do you want to do? Like, even when I would call, like, yo, I'm Chucky and I want to do this, they would be like, no, we ain't got no spot for you. And then later, when my movement became massive, they would be like, yeah, whatever you want. Can you tell me about the fuck cancer event that you do in Miami? So, yeah, it's it's very clear to me, like, every year, obviously, we have the uh, the winter music. No, they call it the Miami Music Week. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea for everybody is basically to display whoever you are and to display you know, you as an artist and, you know, there's a lot of money going around and every and involved. And I'm like, this is for, for me, this is the perfect moment to, to display what I stand for and, you know, what I definitely um, want to support, you know? And I felt like, okay, everybody's on their own thing and doing their own thing. And I choose to support a certain cause also because I lost my mother to cancer. So I def- when they call me like, yo, we want to do an event, I'm like, yo, let's do it together. Cancer, you know, fuck cancer. And, right. you know, luckily my friends at Rockwell, they were like, yo, you know, Chucky, we're so great to have you on board. So what do you want to do? I'm like, yo, I want to do this for cancer event. I don't want money, but let's, you know, let's let's collect as much as we can and then then donate it to fuck cancer. So a night like that, you know, we collect around 30, 40,000 and just 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 donate it, which is a, which is a definitely a good thing, you know. Yeah, that's um, awesome. It's, the Miami Music Week is such a big platform for everybody that I felt like that's the right time to show what causes you support. Uh, and, you know, we've been, and also the one thing I like about it is I take that night specifically to do like a hip hop event, meets the whole electronic music, uh, you know, craze. Okay, so like you're, that's that like a, and that's event. a special set for you, right? Because you're, you know, yeah, you're playing for what you believe in. You're playing for your mom. You're fucking. You have this yeah. whole, you know. Yeah, and then obviously you you obviously get a lot of support from other DJs because you know it's a good cause. Like so, basically, I use that week to create awareness. So that's every week. I mean, every year. Every year, every year, consistent. Like I'm like, we gotta do this fuck cancer event, you know. And it turns out it's like one of my most fun gigs to do during that whole week. Is that Rockwell? I said Rockwell. Okay, yeah. I don't think I've ever been there yet, but I love Miami. I can't wait. I was trying to move there before Vegas, and uh, they had a hurricane. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, these hurricanes? Now that, you know what? When I was when I was trying to move to my because I was trying to move to Miami, and then you know, obviously it was like hurricane season, and I'm like, fuck that. I was like, I don't want to evacuate again. Like I already had to do that shit in Jersey. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> So what would you say are the favorite people? Because I saw you also produced for a lot of big names as well. So what would you say is your uh, favorite people that you produce for or work for or worked with? Um, I did this one song. Surprisingly, like people never expected I would produce a song for her. It was for Marina and the Diamonds. This track called Radioactive. You should write it down. It's a great song. Radioactive? Uh, yeah. For Marina and the Diamonds. Um, but I always, you know what? I always enjoyed working with guys like Jermaine Dupri or Lil John. 
you know, we, me and Lil John wrote a couple of songs for Pitbull's album. Um, one thing I really enjoyed doing was writing a track for J Balvin. Um, Machika, I did, I did a track which people would never expect me to, as a, you know, known as an electronic music producer. Too. Now you're doing something for a Latin artist. Yeah, exactly. I even like won like a Latin Grammy uh, nomination for it, you know, which is crazy. Being nice. part of like a, a, a Latin Grammy nominated album. That's, you know, I could never dream of those things, you know. Uh, but that's definitely, uh, I must say, I always enjoy working with, um, let me see, who's one of my favorite producers to work with? Uh, I, oh, I, I work with Stargate. Stargate's basically, uh, like, they wrote the biggest hits for Rihanna. Okay. Um, and I, I always enjoyed working with them, yeah. And I must say, lately, also because of the whole crisis, I'm, I'll, I've been working on uh, building a new studio. And I kind of feel like, you know, I don't want to tour that much anymore. So I want to be more in the studio and focus on songwriting again. I was going to ask you, like, how often do you travel when you're, when it's not COVID and you're on, you're allowed to, like, where, what's your schedule like? So basically, basically I slow, I decided to slow down in 2015 already, but I didn't slow down like immediately, you know, it took like three years to, to, to slow down because, you know, otherwise people would be like, what the fuck's going on with him? You know, is he not, is he, is he okay? So I, you know, I took the decision in 2015 and at this point, like I would do like 10 gigs a month max. I felt comfortable doing that because then I had way more time to, to be creative in different ways. You know, I even started like a publishing company uh, and my publishing company, like I, I, I started to uh, sign songwriters. I signed, um, to my publishing company was a uh, Jayon. Jayon was a guy, is a guy from Aruba, funny enough. And he wrote, he wrote Machika. And he also wrote the song Ekis from a Nicky Jam and J Balvin, which is one of the biggest Latin songs from. Uh, What's sorry, the name of the uh, publishing company? It's called CSN Publishing. Okay. It's, a, it's a JV. It's a JV I have with, so, uh, with Sony ATV. Nice. But, uh, it's it's not like a company I promote because it's a publishing company. There's nothing sexy about a publishing company. <laughs> it's basically a place where you know I sign songwriters in and, but the song you know uh, the fact that one of my my songwriters wrote one of the biggest Latin songs of the last decade says something you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, do you have uh, family? Yeah, like you have a, a daughter or a son. Yeah, I I got two daughters, one son. And I got a wife. So yeah. how do you manage doing this whole time? You know, how do you manage all this shit? Even though you're slowed down, 10 gigs a month is every other day almost. You know every what I mean? Other, like twice a week or something, yeah. Yeah, so how do you, like, manage that with the family? Is it hard to do all that? Oh, kind of definitely that not. Time? No, definitely not, because it's easier to balance uh, when you do only 10 gigs a month. Okay. You know, like I'd be home during the weekend and fly off to Vegas for the weekend, you know, or, or Asia, whatever. Um, so that's very doable. But but there was like between 2009 and 15, that was crazy. I was I was gone for like 95 percent of my time, which makes absolutely no sense. You know, I mean, of course you're you're very successful in touring, and you know your name is out there, but that's not the way I I measure success. Success for me is when you 
get to enjoy the success with the people you love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how, that's where I found my balance. Like, you know what? Okay, if I'm successful, my family got to feel that they're successful as well by me being home for my kids. So yeah. that's how it I doesn't mean anything if you're not there to spend the time with them, you know? Yeah, that's not to me that's not success if, if your kids grow up without a dad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so I I tried to find that balance and I, I kind of did starting 2015 and build it up. And then I was at a I was in a really good spot until this whole COVID nineteen hit us. Yeah, this slowed everybody down. Which is good. I, I, I must say, you know, my thing I wanna say is like it it, it kind of gives you time to reflect on what's really important. I just, I mean, I've utilized my time so well in the being off. I was still working, unfortunately, from home, you know, trying to do shit. So I kept myself really busy the whole time. So um, I think that's very important to keep your spirit high, you know? Well, I mean, I definitely got more into like meditation, get my yoga, like making sure my energies are good. I'm just like totally about like positive affirmations now. So it's really, it's like a whole different thing. You know what I mean? When you think about being successful, like that's how it turns into success. So for now, it's like, you know, I feel I already felt 2020 was going to be a great year. Um, I don't think COVID, I think, you know, COVID gave everyone the chance to think about it, but I'm ready to get back to the grind. Like, <laughs> like I, I felt, I, I still feel like for me personally, on a spiritual level and, and, and physical level, 2020 is like definitely my year, you know, I'm like, you can't even believe how, how, how balanced I feel at, at this very moment. My mindset is great. Like I feel so calm and relaxed and maybe also because our whole industry is just, it's all about rushing and getting to your next gig and getting yeah. to the next gig. And it, it's the thing is, it's never enough, you know? Like you post something, you get a couple of thousand likes, but it's never enough. You always want more. And then I'm like, okay, but but how, how, how you try to score, you know? But how are you scoring if you've got no goal, you know? It's, at some point, you got to be satisfied with what you accomplish, you know? And I think we were constantly in that rush. And I'm like, no, no, no. First thing I got to get straight for myself, my, me personally, is, okay, what are your goals? When are you happy with what, whatever you want to achieve? And, you know, um, so I started to set goals for myself. Like, you know, I'd be more than happy if I do 10 gigs a month. Uh, so I started to set small goals. And I think that's the most important thing, you know. Um, and it even got confirmed, like, when the COVID-19 hit, like, okay, okay, so what are other goals you want to accomplished so i'm like okay i gotta be physically in shape you know because ain't no way i'm gonna lose twice we are first of all we already lost of this whole COVID 19 thing i ain't gonna lose physically or mentally are you crazy i gotta get in the shape of my life you know so it's, the moment this shit hit first thing i did i'm like yo okay if i'm coming out of this COVID 19 period um i got at least read a couple of books you know Right, do or, something. <laughs> or, or learn like a different language. Or, How many languages can you speak? Um, so I, I can if I'm drunk, I'm 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 very good at Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I took I took a Spanish class. I took I took a Spanish course, so I I, I understand Spanish. Um, but I speak Dutch. I can speak German. I understand French. But I, I, I'm a little bit lousy in French, but I can understand it. Uh, I speak the native language of Suriname. I speak the native language of Aruba. Wow. I didn't uh, know Aruba had a third language. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to Spanish. Okay. 
Yeah, I took no Spanish, but my dad didn't try to teach me until I was like 13. And then at that point, I was like, I don't want to learn language. My dad's from uh, Nicaragua. Nica oh, I love Nicaragua. <laughs> Would you uh, go there for like surfing or you just go there to visit? Uh, visit DJ. Food, definitely food. Yeah, I went there once. That was nice. It was really pretty, but they're like, it's a whole nother world down there. And they were doing guerrilla warfare and shit. Like now they're doing the COVID thing. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> it's I saw your president. I, I saw like your president went off the grid for like 30 days and nobody knew where he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, like, what's the ultimate goal from this point now that you've slowed down? I know you got your mental health together. You got your physical health together. What's coming what's upcoming for Chucky in um, the music world? Um, so, you know, one of my goals was to start like a, um, publishing company, which I achieved, but now I want to score more and more hits in, within the publishing company. So basically I want to be successful without all the traveling still, uh, which is kind of hard because, you know, the majority of the money we make on tour. So now I want to see if I could still make that same kind of money without touring. Right. So that's one of my main goals, but but basically I want to be able to be successful with um, with this same physical shape and, 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 you know, mental shape I'm in right now. You know, so from, from where I'm standing right now, try to be successful, which is hard because I'm telling you, if the moment I start traveling, I'm scared if I can keep up with, you know, <laughs> my diet or, or, you know, my workouts right. and stuff. So I'm going to try to stick to it as much as I can. And that's going to be a task for sure. So do you yeah. have anything that um, is upcoming that you're hoping will be in like 2021 or like where you're playing? So I think obviously touring is going to start in 2021. Uh, but my main focus was uh, for 2020 and 2021 was to make uh, more music. You know, because my focus wasn't there for quite a minute because I was touring so much, you know. Gigs are going to come in, but I'm going to be very picky with the gigs. I'm, you know, yeah, I want I want I want to be in the studio. So hopefully, hopefully if, if I can make a couple of a couple of uh, pop hits, I'd be more than happy. Nice. Yeah. Um, so do you have any other talents? What's your do you have any hidden talents besides DJing? I know how to cook. Well. OK, you saw your chef. Yeah, and, and and obviously, you know, because of this whole COVID nineteen thing, uh, no, I'm I'm saying I have to say it right, because I slowed down, I was able to start other business ventures. You know, mm -hmm. like I I own a, like um, I'm basically working on my own franchise of barbershops. So I have one. I have I have one now, but I'm gonna open the second one soon. And the goal is to open like 20 of them within a year and a half. Uh, in the U.S. or where? Um, starting in Amsterdam. I'm definitely going to franchise all over the place. Because uh, nowadays, you know, with the Internet, it's easy to, to, to expand your franchise. You're just so busy. Like, I don't know how, like, I, you know, it's crazy because you got so much going on. So just to yeah, balance it, you have to be mentally like... Actually, balance that shit because that's why I smoke. I couldn't do. I, I'm busy all the time. I couldn't do it not high. I'd be fucking annoyed as hell. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm trying to be meant. So I try to accomplish everything I'm trying to accomplish, like in 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 the best 
mental shape ever. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. it requires it require, uh, requires focus, definitely. Um, but that's that, that's that's the whole that's my whole point. You know, I'm trying to be in shape on an, in a natural way without taking any substances or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which is quite a challenge because I reached a lot and I've seen the world with you know while drinking and partying with everybody you know and now it's just i'm trying to do it with a different discipline you have any advice for any like upcoming djs or people that haven't been discovered yet yeah simple it's simple it's very simple you know set a goal high enough you know and and then work your ass off it's it's basically that simple and people always gonna be like yeah but you it's easy for you to talk no that's exactly what i did i set a goal eventually and then you know work my ass off to get somewhere or near my goal you know and if you accomplish that goal then you go on to the next goal you know i so so you know when i started djing my goal was never to travel the world but at a certain point i was like you know what i do want to travel the world with my job and once i accomplished that you know traveling around the world many times i was like okay i gotta find new goals you know what i'm saying and then one of the goals for example like yo you want to score like a big pop song or like a big electronic music song that's the goal you know what i'm saying uh, right. so you got you got to set goals and then work your ass off for it got to work for it hell yeah hell yeah but where when can we um listen to your live streams every week uh i'll announce them on my um on my socials but the next one's going to be on my birthday june When's 25th your birthday? june 25th, june 25th but, but i think i'm going to move it to the saturday which which is going to be june 27th Okay. Uh, which should be Saturday. Um, and then sometimes I'll just go live without announcing. Okay. So we can follow at DJ Chucky. All right. Well, I really appreciate it. And um, thank you so much. Enjoy your day in Amsterdam. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs>